1: insane things happened this week, so unprecedented, so telling, that I feel I have to cram them all into one podcast, and so we'll do it. We'll count them down, but first, I want to make a request to you. We are all grieving the loss of Rush Limbaugh this week, and the heartache of of losing him and the emptiness of that time every day between noon and about 1207. No word yet on his replacement or what they're going to do with that time slot. We're hearing it's going to be a little weird for a while as they're shifting and trying to figure it out. I would ask you to use the Battleground podcast in that slot in your day to fill it in. I know it'll never fill the big shoes, but it is there and it's available and it's always uploaded before noon. So if you're looking for great content to sort of fill that empty space in your day and in your heart, please consider turning to the Battlegrounds America podcast. All right, enough about that. Seven insane things that happened this week that are absolutely telling. Normally I don't cram that many things into a podcast, but here we go, because you got to know about all of them. Number seven, Russia. An incredible thing happened in Russia, a very telling thing. The Russian Federation passed a law that will fine social media outlets that censor Russians, either by removing them from social media or censoring the things they post. This was partly retaliatory since Facebook and other outlets have been censoring Russian media, including RT, which gets it right more often than The New York Times or The Washington Post. Listen to what Vladimir Putin, folks, the head of Russia, said while condemning these social media outlets and celebrating the passage of of the law a law we can't get here folks we have never had republican leadership steve scalise mitch mcconnell anybody in republican leadership a little bit from kevin mccarthy say what vladimir putin just said bottom line folks you you now they now have better and more free speech rights and so on social media in russia than in america what did putin say he said these so-called platforms, IT companies, are a serious challenge, not only for us. We see what has happened in the United States. Dude, the Russians are afraid of censorship in the United States. If you grew up during the Cold War and communism, wrap your mind around that. Putin continued, quote, if they, meaning American-owned social media companies, if they behave like that, in their country then how will they treat others putin asked given that they consider themselves exceptional this is a serious issue if only we could get a statement like this from republican leaders like mitch mcconnell who by the way has never said one thing not one complaining about his constituents being censored not one and allowed An absolute castigation of Facebook and Twitter to go forward when Republicans controlled Congress. Yes, they actually had hearings in which Republican committee chairs demanded Trump not be allowed to use social media to win another election. Republicans did this when they were in charge, not Democrats. You see where it got us. So you want speech freedom? Russia's looking better every day. Number six, Joe Biden is building a pipeline. Wait, what? You're thinking you heard that wrong. No, you did not. Joe Biden, while shutting down the XL pipeline, immediately putting a thousand full time workers out of work and canceling 11,000 temporary construction jobs, plus thousands of other jobs that would have resulted along the pipeline, but not directly on it. He did it with a stroke of a pen and he did not give a rip. But there is another pipeline that he does care about, one that he's working to build. What? Yup. While shutting down the XL pipeline and discussing shutting down two more in America, Joe Biden's administration is simultaneously negotiating a pipeline for Turkmenistan. You cannot make this up. Yes, Turkmenistan wants to build a pipeline through Afghanistan, through Pakistan and to India, which, by the way, is one of our two major major manufacturing competitors. So India wants cheap energy, which it doesn't currently have. In fact, that's our only edge over India right now in manufacturing. And the Biden administration is working hard to end that by negotiating a pipeline between Turkmenistan and India. It's got to run through Afghanistan, which is controlled by the Taliban. So what do these negotiations involve? You better sit down. Millions of dollars in monthly payouts to the Taliban for protections, protection money, so they don't attack the pipeline so india can have the necessary cheap energy they need to compete with us with leaders like this folks we don't need enemies
0: t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours
1: Okay, insane thing. Number three. In all the eight years of the Obama presidency, he never once said anything as crazy as what Joe Biden said about the Uyghurs at that CNN forum with Anderson Cooper. A couple months back, satellite photos shocked the world. They were photographs taken of Muslim Uyghurs in China and Buddhists being loaded onto cattle cars. Look this up. It's shocking. And taken to concentration camps. Joe Biden was asked about this. It was so appalling that even the American media was appalled by it. And reported it at the time. Anderson Cooper asked Joe Biden. Yo Joe. What you think about this? Not only did he not condemn it. He actually stood up from Chairman G, Justifying this <laughs> treatment of Muslims. As necessary to achieve unity in China. And something that's just a cultural norm there. You just pack them up, you load them onto the cattle car, you take them to the concentration camp, totally normal. We can't condemn that.
2: Listen. You know, Chinese leaders, if you know anything about Chinese history, it has always been the time when China has been victimized by the outer world is when they haven't been unified at home. So the central, to vastly overstated the central principle of xi jinping is that there must be a united tightly controlled china and he uses his rationale for the things he does based on that i point out to him no american president can be sustained as a president if he doesn't reflect the values of the united states and so the idea i'm not going to speak out against what he's doing in hong kong what he's doing with the uyghurs in western mountains of of, uh, china and Taiwan trying to end the one China policy by making it forceful. He gets it. Culturally, there are different norms in each country and they, their leaders are expected to follow.
1: In all the years I've been doing this, normally a politician will couch something like that with, we condemn this, but. But he didn't, did he? Makes you kind of wonder what he'd be willing to do here to achieve this precious unity. By the way, did you notice? Anderson Cooper didn't ask him about Hong Kong. And do you know what happens to you in Hong Kong? When you go out and protest in Hong Kong, these are the people waving the American flags who just want to be free. They're protesting Chinese control. If you don't cover your face, they figure out who you are and they disappear you. Cooper didn't ask about Hong Kong, but Biden threw it in. Yeah, man, it's what we need there too. I just made, you know, folks, their opposition leaders disappear. That's why there is no opposition leader named. They'll be gone. He just justified cattle cars, concentration camps. Folks, for Buddhists, we need to ship out Buddhists to concentration camps. they the most peaceful people on earth. You're, is your jaw hanging open? Because if you have a heart at all that beats in your chest, it should be. And the stunning thing Cooper didn't follow that up with a follow up question. Can you imagine if Trump had said such a thing? Yeah, sure, Muslims ought to be rounded up, put in cattle cars, and sent to concentration camps if it's good for unity. It is the si- that is the single most Islamophobic thing I think I've ever heard anyone in this country who's in public office say, and would have been rightly condemned had Trump said it. By the way, where's Ilhan Omar? The number four most shocking thing this week, this article from the New York Post. In fact, it's this stat. Last year, between October 1st and February 6th, 400,000 Americans were hospitalized for the flu. That's according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. 400,000. What was it this year between October 1st and February 6th? 165. Not 165,000. That would be shocking. No, just 165 compared to 400,000 last year. NPR Tried to rationalize this by saying, well, people are wearing masks and they're social distancing. Wait a minute. These are the same people who tell us that COVID continues to spread because people aren't wearing masks and aren't social distancing. But we're to believe that the flu is not spreading because people are wearing masks and are social distancing. Nah, come on. You don't need a medical degree or even a high school diploma to come and sense your way through this one. The books are cooked on COVID. They are categorizing the flu as COVID. Those numbers are unbelievable. I mean, it's like it's like the kind of thing they put out in a banana republic, these numbers. And you're just supposed to accept them. The number three most shocking thing this week. Remember, Biden built a lot of his campaign, what there was of it around the idea that Trump was mismanaging COVID and that every death from COVID was Trump's fault. And if we just elected Biden, he'd fix it. He'd fix the spread of the cold. He'd somehow stop the spread of the cold with this great plan that he had. Then, a week into his presidency, he admitted that his whole campaign had been a lie. That there was nothing he or anybody else could do to stop the spread of COVID. Well, shouldn't that have included Trump? The guy Biden said was responsible for every COVID death? Apparently not. Here's Biden's admission.
2: Because there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months.
1: Well, and the third most shocking thing this week, Biden has changed the trajectory of COVID. He just set the all-time death record for the whole thing. That's according to USA Today, a liberal outlet. Let me read from that. As many as 100,000 people are projected to die of the coronavirus in the first, first month of President Joe Biden's tenure, raising the U.S. death toll above half a million, according to a forecast by the Center's for disease control and prevention. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky said Wednesday during a White House coronavirus response team briefing that the death toll from COVID-19 is forecast to reach between 479 and 514,000 by February 20th, a month after Inauguration Day. So we were told Trump had to go because Joe was going to cure the COVID. And every case was Trump's fault. Remember, he lied, people died. Oh yeah, that ran on a loop in the news media. So where's it now? Where's it now that Joe has set the all time high COVID death record? Why, while, while by the way, while by the way, taking two three day lids. Now you put this together with the extreme vaccine shortage. And imagine Trump was president. He's taking three day weekends, no press availability, vaccine availability grinds to a halt. Here in Greenville, they've had to shut down vaccination locations. So There's not enough vaccinations. And so at the same time, they ke- he can't get the vaccine out, which, by the way, was not a problem during the Trump administration. It went out just fine. During the same period, he can't get the vaccine out. Deaths hit an all time high. What do you think the media would be saying if Trump was president? Murderer, killer, incompetent. There would be committee hearings, but it's just so it's OK, I guess, if people die and the vaccine gets there someday. As if all that weren't crazy enough, I bring you insane thing number two, Joe Biden's amnesty plan. Which says, anyone deported during the entirety of the Trump administration, unless they're on their not first, not second, but third misdemeanor criminal conviction, will be brought back. You never guess who's going to pay to fly them back. I think you know. Yeah, it's you. Fly them back. 900,000 people who were deported. We are going to fly them back. Um, Folks, my first question would be, why? 17 million people are unemployed right now due to COVID, 17 million. What is the hardest hit industry? That would be the restaurant industry, where a lot of people work for hourly wages and will be forced to, co- to compete head on with these illegals for I, literally sustenance. It's cruel. And that's probably why, Joe, I, and quite frankly, the administration haven't even bothered to give a reason because there is no logical reason. Unless you just want to suppress wages and kneecap the American people. Although Joe did give a reason why we needed unrelenting waves
2: of illegal immigration back in 2015. And the wave still continues. It's not going to stop. Nor should we want it to stop. And as a matter of fact, it's one of the things I think we can be most proud of. An unrelenting stream of immigration. Non-stop nonstop folks like me who were Caucasian of European descent for the first time in 2017 will be in an absolute minority in the United States of America absolute minority fewer than 50 percent of the people in America from then and on will be white European stock that's not a bad thing that's a that's a source of our strength
1: Okay, so if you're one of those black, Hispanic, or white Americans who wanted your job back, you'll have to go to the back of the line. Finally, the number one most insane thing this week, many people missed it. I did not. Joe Biden declared war on the enemy. And you're not going to believe who the enemy is. He declared war on military members and cops who he said are driving the white supremacy in this country and who he plans, he says, to turn his Justice Department against. I'm going to play this clip for you. It should chill you. Now, remember as I play this, this has already begun, begun with no evidence of provocation or white supremacy by military members, cops, or the National Guard. What have they already done? With zero evidence, background checked, every member of the National Guard that protected the inauguration. Not the normal background check everybody gets. Are they on a terror list? That sort of thing. Criminal background. They went into their social media looking for extremism. Then the new defense secretary announced that he would background the entire military. Keep in mind, we've never done this before. They all get background checks that are extensive when they join. This is something new. And he laid it out as such. They would be background check for extremism so this has already begun then as you listen to this remember this what is the purpose of the democrats domestic terrorism bill what will it do well it flat out says it will create offices within the fbi the department of justice and the department of homeland security for one express purpose to background check every single officer in the country every sheriff's deputy every police officer every police captain every police sergeant everybody everywhere here it is folks meet new domestic enemy number one
2: that is the greatest threat to terror in america domestic terror i would make sure that my justice department and the civil rights division is focused heavily on those very folks about the impact of Former military, former police officers on the growth of white supremacy in some of these groups. It is a bane on our existence. It has always been, as Lincoln said, we have to appeal to our better angels. And these guys are not. And women are, in fact, demented. They are dangerous people.
1: Shockingly, he said that calling our military and police demented Without offering one shred of evidence that they are involved in anything having to do with white supremacy. Oh, and about that growth he's claiming in white supremacy. That's a lie, too. USA Today, February 1st. Here's the headline. Hate groups declined in 2020. What? Yep. Hate groups declined in 2020, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center. The media is telling us on a loop that Trump supporters need to be heavily policed, censored because of this grotesque growth of white supremacy, which we would hate if it was going on and be terrible. Thing is, it's not. According to USA Today and the Southern Poverty Law Center, the SPLC identified 838 active hate groups operating in the U.S. in 2020. That's down from a record high of 1,020 in 2018. You mean the number of hate groups declined by 200? It's going down? But he just said the growth was being fueled by military and police. Notice when they do this, by the way, they don't name what groups. There's no name of a group. What group? What, what group are they joining? I mean, let us know. We'll go to their door. We'll stick a microphone in their face. We'll expose them. Notice this when the media tells the white supremacy group growth lie. Oh, and they're all domestic terrorists, too. Look, we hate white supremacists. I just want to know where they are. They never say. Remember, as I said a second ago, they have backgrounded all those members of the National Guard planning to background the police and also planning to background the entire military for so-called extremism. Yet there has not been one single incident to justify it. Not one. Well... Maybe they have internal threats we don't know about. Like maybe they have, you know, terror chatter or something. Again, no. Department of Homeland Security put out a report on this last week. It was mostly propaganda. But you remember what it said. we got to be on the lookout for white supremacists, national Trump-supporting uh, domestic terrorists. Well, you read down through it, and what else does it say? They have no actionable intelligence of any threat by any group or any person. Here, I'll let CBS's Catherine Herridge wrap today's podcast up. Tell us, Catherine, how many threats do they have or know about, you know, that would maybe justify Joe Biden slurring and demonizing military and cops? Homeland Security does not have specific credible intelligence about plotting. And that wraps up seven insane things that happened this week. Can't wait for next week, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Battleground Podcast. Please subscribe and share with like-minded friends and family across this country of ours.
0: Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on radio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening.